Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology here at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And with me today, we have a repeat guest, Dr. Ellie Thiel, the Director of the Infectious Diseases Serology Lab here at Mayo within the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology. Now, Dr. Thiel leads our COVID serology. As I mentioned, she's been a repeat guest before we've had her on this podcast to talk about COVID serology, but that's not all she does. She also oversees all the serologic testing that we perform for infectious diseases. So that includes things such as the quantiferon gold testing for tuberculosis and urine antigen testing for histoplasmosis. So Ellie, thank you for being back with us today. It's always great to have you on our podcast. Thanks, Bobby. It's um, it's great to be back and, and great to be talking about something other than other COVID. Than COVID. <laughs> a pleasure. So I thought today we would talk about tick-borne disease testing. Our listeners and viewers may know that both of us are very interested in tick-borne disease testing. They may not know that we co-founded the Vector-Borne Diseases Laboratory Services back in 2016. I can't believe it was that long ago. But of course, we've been working on this for decades. And here at Mayo, we've been working on this. We've had, for example, PCR tests for tick-borne pathogens since the 90s before a lot of other tests were being performed for tick-borne pathogens, PCR tests. Let's talk a little bit about this. Ellie, um, you and I talk about this all the time, but perhaps for our listeners, do you want to just start by telling people why ticks and tick-borne diseases are important, especially now, this time of year? Yeah, so I think the timing of this podcast topic is excellent because we are thawing out in the Midwest, (laughs) starting to, and so pretty soon we are going to see those ticks starting to come back out, and with them, a lot of tick-borne diseases. So I think our listeners are probably familiar with the most common tick-borne disease in the U.S., in North America, really, and in Europe, which is uh, Lyme disease, but these ticks also carry many other things that individuals are probably less familiar with, like Babesia, which is a parasite. Anaplasma, Phagocytophilum is another common one. Ehrlichia, various Ehrlichia species can be transmitted by different tick species and others, Borrelia miyamotoi, and a cause, or a a bacteria kind of in the same family of Lyme disease, but causing different symptoms, more of a relapsing fever type disease. So ticks are really a big problem in the United States. And so we have to be able to detect these infections. And that's oftentimes a combination of different testing, molecular or PCR testing, which you oversee, as well as serologic testing, uh, looking for our immune response to these pathogens, which is what, what I oversee. I think that's why our collaboration is so great and we work together so well, but we can actually look at the specific test that we oversee and then think about how that fits into testing algorithms because you and I know, but others may not know that, you know, there's different reasons to use one test versus another. Actually, I think COVID has taught us a lot. People are starting to use terms like serology and PCR. So they probably know that PCR is good for the early stages of disease and for active infection, where serology is looking more at the immune response. And perhaps after that early stage, you would expect a positive result. And I think this is a good 
time to point out that you and I have put together a really nice algorithm for acute tick-borne testing that anybody can uh, look up and find on the Mayo Clinic Laboratory's website by just searching for acute tick-borne illnesses to kind of take them through the various tick-borne diseases, where they're found, and then which testing we recommend when. Yeah, that's a great point. It's freely available to everyone at Mayo Clinic laboratories.com. So we talked a little bit about general tick-borne diseases and ticks are found in every state in the U.S. Now all the diseases aren't found in the same locations, but there's going to be different tick-borne diseases in different parts of the country. So people should probably know what tick-borne diseases they have in their area. Now you have a new test for a specific tick-borne pathogen called Powassan virus. So I thought it'd be kind of nice to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is, um, I guess we can call it an emerging tick-borne illness, although Mm -hmm. we don't really know how long it's necessarily been here. We call it emerging because we are increasingly detecting it and finding it because there are increasingly a number of tests available. So one of the the tests that, uh, or I guess I should probably introduce the (laughs) pathogen. Um, So what we're talking about is Powassan virus. Uh It is part of the flavivirus family, which is the same group of viruses where West Nile, uh, which is more common and and people have probably heard of before. It's in that same group of viruses. But unlike West Nile virus, Wasson virus is transmitted by ticks and the same species of ticks that transmit Lyme disease. So it's really found in the same region. So kind of in the upper Northwest, as well as in the upper Northeast. Wasson virus, again, not many laboratories offer testing for this. So we recently implemented a serologic test specifically to detect IgM class antibodies to this virus. So these antibodies are developed fairly early on after infection, although still with a a delay. So we would expect to detect these antibodies about two to three weeks after infection. It's a new addition to our arsenal of tick-borne testing, but it's not going to catch those acute stages of very recent um, infections. And I guess that's where you come in, Bobby. So I'll I'll turn it over to you to talk about your new test that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, so our test is not yet available. So Ellie, you got your test out first, but hopefully mine will follow shortly. And that's a Powassan virus PCR. So it's the same concept as... COVID, where you have the PCR for early disease, that first week of acute disease, and then the serology, as you were just saying, Ellie, for later stage, they're both important and often used together. So we're really excited. We're hoping that we'll have this live by June, which is when tick-borne diseases really start to peak. I think that we'll find once we start testing that there's more cases out there than we know, but we'll see. We didn't really talk about it. Um, You mentioned, though, that this is a, a virus causes a, a influenza-like illness. So it's similar to influenza and, and SARS-CoV-2 because you can have a fever and feel kind of achy. Of course, the most dangerous form is when it invades the brain and you can get this really debilitating, even fatal disease. So I, you know, in preparation for our talk today, Ellie, I, I went to the CDC webpage and I looked up disease reports from the CDC and there's only about 20 to 40 cases reported each year. So it'd be really interesting yeah. to see when we bring up our tests together if we detect additional cases, because I think part of this is just that the, the testing hasn't been widely available. At this point, it's really sending it to the CDC and your, your state health lab. That's right. Um, yeah, not a lot of documented cases for sure, yeah. like you said, but 
because we haven't had testing. And the next question that often comes up is, okay, you know, great, you can detect Powassan virus, but then what? Can you treat it? What's the goal of testing? And unfortunately, like many or really all of the vector-borne viruses, there's no targeted antiviral treatment for Powassan virus, but it's important to still detect it because we can discontinue, for example, empiric antibiotics, you know, knowing that what the pathogen is really can help deescalate any sort of treatment. And it does provide some diagnostic or or prognostic information. Unfortunately, over 50% of patients with Powassan virus will go on to have persistent neurologic sequelae and the mortality rate is about 10%, unfortunately. So it is important to be able to diagnose these viruses. Yeah, that's the people with the neurologic disease, With the neurologic disease, correct. It is interesting to think that there's probably other people who have the mild disease, probably the majority have mild disease. And and those are the people that I get calls about. I'm sure you get calls too from our infectious disease colleagues that just say, yeah, this patient's been exposed to ticks. They have a fever. I think it's a tick-borne illness, but all the normal tests are negative. And so you kind of think, all right, it's probably something infectious transmitted by ticks, but what is it? So I think as we get more of these tests, we'll get a better understanding of what's out there. And like you said, there may not be specific treatment, but at least you could roll out other things and you could stop the use of unnecessary antibiotics or at least say, okay, this patient doesn't have Lyme disease, anaplasmosis, babesiosis, but they have this virus instead. Exactly. So I think we're both really excited Mm -hmm. Um, that we were able to implement these tests pretty quickly here, ready for tick season. Yeah. The take-home message for our listeners and viewers would be, of course, protect yourself from ticks. I know that uh, here I was a little sad to see it's still in the 30s here in Minnesota, but other parts of the country have warmer weather and we'll get it soon. I'm not you know, giving up hope. So as everyone's starting to go outdoors again is don't forget to wear your tick repellent and consider ticks when you're going out on a hike in areas where there's tall grasses and places, forests where you're going to encounter ticks. Mm -hmm. You and your pets. Yes, good point. Don't forget your pets and your children and everyone else in your family. Do those tick checks. That's right. Yeah, well, Ellie, thanks for all the information. And we will probably be having you back again um, sometime in the future since you cover so many other diseases. But again, nice to talk about something that's not COVID. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.